Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes episode 99, the J.J. Watt episode. The Wayne Gretzky, uh, Manny Ramirez episode. Okay, okay. This is probably... When was Manny Ramirez 99? In L.A., on the Dodgers, and whenever he was in Japan. He's still playing. Is he still? I was just about to say, if he's not still playing, he definitely could be. Because he was just ruining people over there. Let me look it up. Anyway, um, probably an unfamiliar voice here. This is Cam. Trey is uh, out of the office for a little bit. Should be back by the end of the episode, but I'm going to be taking over hosting duties. I'm joined, as always, by Dylan and Tucker. And, like I said, Trey, big flop by him. Maybe a fraud. I don't know. Didn't really give us an excuse, boys. What are we thinking? Mm. What was the question? <laughs> I was looking at Manny Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard what we thinking. In, uh, in other news, Manny Ramirez is on the Sydney Blue Sox of the Australian Baseball League. Okay, so we both weren't listening to Cam because we were both looking up what team Manny Ramirez currently plays for. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll give my input since this is a Monday night. We usually record on Tuesdays. We're throwing it back to the old Monday night. Um, it's Thanksgiving week. Everybody's got a lot of family stuff going on. We're going to give Trey a pass here. Um, that being said, winners and losers for the week, I don't know if we have many. We didn't put the poll up today just because we usually do it on Tuesdays. We're going to stick with that routine. Winners and losers, anyone have anything? Because I don't think I do, except maybe mine. Maybe my take from a few weeks back that Josh is Tucker, and what are you doing? Okay. All Josh right. Allen had a terrible game. Granted, he's been playing pretty well so far this season, but he had a terrible game. I said Josh Allen was overrated earlier in the season, and uh, bad game, so we'll see how it plays out. We're definitely going to get into Bill's talk a little bit later. Tucker, dude, you got to stop touching Tucker, anything. Tucker, Tucker's going to be a loser already <laughs> just because of whatever noise he was just making. Giants being back maybe a losing take because Daniel Jones just threw an interception from his own 20 or so. Uh, and they're already down by 14. Maybe that. Anybody else have anything? Um, Cam, I got you as a winner so far because we're about one-fourth through the hockey season, and the Florida Panthers are in first place in the Eastern Division. Uh, I'm going to put me as a winner because, like I said, no one cares about hockey until playoff season. I'm and I haven't it. heard a single thing about hockey all year. Fair enough. I'm going to go ahead and give myself a half win because Baker Mayfield got some booze last week. As if the fans don't even want him there. He only beat the Lions by three points. Didn't do anything special. Um, I foresee Case Keenum coming in in the near future. But uh, Browns fans don't like him. Also, uh, did you hear about his wife? Oh, uh, the tweet, right? She posts some uh, criticizing some of the Browns players and then uh, quickly deleted it. 
another yeah, another NFL wife slash girlfriend just mucking up and getting in the way. Listen, if you're married, I get it. It's not always a bad thing. But as soon as they start to get involved, like Brittany Matthews did a couple years back or a year back or whatever, that's when it goes downhill. And I predicted um, a few weeks back, so Baker's going to be out soon. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, Giselle did it in, like, 2009, Cam. Right, but he was already – well, what did she say exactly? She was talking about how he can't catch and throw the ball, like, talking about how he needs help. That was in 2009. That was 2019, maybe. Yeah, that was very recent. No, that wasn't – I thought that was – what Super Bowl was that? I thought that was against the Giants that she said that. No, that was recent. That was when was that the Eagles? No way, because they it scored like fifty points in the Eagles. It game. wasn't. It I mean, wasn't a Super Bowl. It was like midseason. I I'm thought. looking it up right now. There's an article from 2012. No. Yep. It was during. Yeah. It was. It was during Super Bowl 46. It was that long. The New York Giants. <laughs> No was way. 100% right. <laughs> You're, if that's right, not, I'm not, getting old. Not 2009, it was 2012, correct? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, it was 2012, so I was wrong there. All right, well, listen. They they lost that game. I don't know if it was mid-game or after, but they lost. Exactly. So, yeah, well, get, get the get the wife out of the out of the picture. Anyway, we're going to go into ways to take here. We're going to start with Trey. He sent in his uh, ways to take, which we do appreciate. And Dylan, if you have that pulled up, I do. we'll go ahead and play, play that for you. And hopefully it uh, it comes out smoothly. All right, here we go. Remember- Yo, ways to takes. What's up? Sorry I'm not at the episode. Some things came up. AKA, I totally forgot. But anyways, I'm just going to get right into it with my ways to take for you here. Uh, it's a pretty simple one. The New England Patriots are going to get a first-round bye in the playoffs. Now, I know you're probably thinking soft take, pander take, Patriots take. Well, let's like take a look at what happened this weekend, all right? The Bills lost to the Colts. The Titans lost to, I don't even remember who, a bad team. Titans lost to a bad team. I can't remember who right now. And anyways, the Patriots have the Titans and the Colts on their schedule and the, and the Bills. Patriots played the Titans this week. I think they're going to win that game. I think they're going to end up beating the Bills at least once. So they're going to win the division. Therefore, they cannot be seated lower than the Bills. And I think they're going to beat the Colts, too, just because of Belichick. So basically, the ways to take is simple. Patriots first seed coming at you at 2021. Let's go. So I can jump in here just as the unbiased member of the crew, and then you can kind of play off that. I I don't think it's too soft of a take. Um, Trey has been on the on the wave of not liking the people hyping up the Patriots on Twitter, saying we're back, the AFC runs through New England, all that good stuff. Um, I actually think this is very much a possibility. Maybe not going to happen, in my opinion. But think about it. I've said this before. The AFC is very competitive, not so much top-heavy like the NFC. It's very competitive. There's a lot of teams that are 5-5, 5-6, 6-5, 6-4, whatever. Um, 
and the, everyone has like weaknesses. So the Bills, obviously, you can't really predict them. They have the best offense and the best defense in the league. Yet they're six and four. Doesn't make any sense. The Titans have lost to the Texans and the Jets. Doesn't make any sense. Ravens almost lost to the Lions. Lost to the Dolphins. So the AFC is anybody's game. And what it's going to come down to is consistency and coaching. And Bill Belichick has both of those things. Plus, they're on a hot streak. I 100% think this could happen. Do I think it's going to? No. But I don't hate the take because the AFC is kind of unpredictable right now. Tucker, what do you think? Um, shit. Oh, no, my mic's on. Um, yeah, my biggest take on this is that how many points is Trey back in the polls? To like win Wasted Taker of the Year. I think he's tied with me now. I, I prefer. Yeah, no, this is a this is a I need a point take. Like it's an obvious one of that. Like you pick a Patriots take, the Patriots are the best. I hate this take purely because I don't like when Trey likes the Patriots. I'd much rather him be pessimistic any day of the week than this. When Trey gets like this, this is when everything goes to shit for us. I hate it. I hate this take. Just shut your mouth and smile. Points aside and Trey's jinxing aside, where do you think the Patriots end up at this point in the season? What do you think they end up seeding-wise in the playoffs? I mean, people don't talk about it, but the Patriots have a tough rest of their schedule. What, they're 7-4 and four right now? In their last six games, they have the Titans, they have the Colts, and they have the Bills twice. So I I don't foresee uh end of the season where they end up as the one seed unless they play out of their mind. I think they can end up winning the AFC East. I think they can do well, but I see them more as like a three seed. All right, Dale. So top two seeds get a bye, right? No, just one. Top one. one. Oh, really? So it, yeah, his his take is that Patriots are going to get the one seed, going to get the five. <clears throat> yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I like the wastedness because I thought because earlier Cam, you kind of paraphrased. I thought you said that it was just the Patriots are going to win the East, and I would take that as a pander. But saying they're going to come in first, I kind of want to disagree with you, Tuck. But but. Not because uh, it definitely panders to the audience. So I'll give. So yeah, I mean, uh, this is definitely a pander. They're the three seed right now, and they're only one game back. And our audience is pretty New England, so I agree this is a pander. And he did say that in his take, but that just makes it all the worse. Nobody listens; they just look at the words on the Twitter. Um, the words so, on the Twitter. Yeah. So. I'm going to have to I, – I would say the opening is there, you know, and I don't know, like, like for all the reasons what that you said, Cam, um, is it, is it going to happen? I don't think so, but is it open to them? There's definitely a chance. So, um, yeah, that's all I really got to say. I that, would go as far as to say, honestly – Whoever wins the Titans-Patriots game, I think, is the one seed. 
that's that's how far I would go because the AFC is just so competitive. Where the Bills definitely have a chance. They're six and four right now. If they if they sweep the Patriots, they'll probably get it. But they're so inconsistent that I I can't trust them either not to split or not to lose another game against another team. So I say whoever wins the Titans Patriots game, they're gonna be the one seed. Take off of the tape. But um, I'll stay on the same wave with uh, football here. I'll go into my take. Now, there's there's a guy in the league that you may not even know was in the league prior to last year because he was kind of a high draft pick, was supposed to be good, definitely was good in college, was supposed to be good, and that's Colt McCoy. Now, Colt McCoy is kind of at his peak, and he just has a knack for winning games against good football teams. Last year on the Giants, he beat the Seahawks and the Seahawks were huge favorites. This year, he was on the Cardinals without D-Hop, without Chase Edmonds, and he just blew apart the Seahawks, who he beat last year, too. Now, I think he deserves a shot. He's a very smart guy, and he just got drafted to the wrong team. He was drafted to the Browns, and that never works out for anybody. Baker, maybe but kind of going downhill. I think Colt McCoy, because the draft class is so low on quarterbacks, I think Colt McCoy is going to be a starter at the beginning of next season. Uh, Cam, do you know how old Colt McCoy is? Uh, 33, maybe. 35. Well, well. I wouldn't put anything into Colt McCoy right now. I think there's enough serviceable backups in the NFL where I don't I really don't see him getting a shot as a starter going into his going at 36 years old. Um I think he's a good backup and I think he'll be a backup till he's like 43. He's kind of got that like Brian Hoyer feel to him where he'll just keep backing people up. Like maybe he'll be like you know, he can go in, like, with the young QBs and, like, be their backup and kind of coach them through it. Um, oh, wow, Brian Hurry is only a year older than Colt McCoy. Um, didn't realize that. Um, um, but I just see him more as, like, that wise backup that can always come in if you need him, maybe take, like, the first few games if the QB needs extra time. But I don't see him as, like, a long – I don't see him as someone taking him as a starter. Now I'll just I'll, I'll rebut to this. Did not realize he was that old. Uh, <laughs> you're right. He, he there's probably no chance unless he goes to like a team like the Texans maybe who are still just trying to. I don't yeah, know. maybe like the Texans draft a QB and then let him sit behind Colt for a little bit. Right, I think maybe. But at that point, why not just use Tyrod? <laughs> right, but here, here's my thing: is maybe he ends up on a team, maybe he stays with the Cardinals, maybe he goes to another team, and that QB is either the potential starting QB is maybe a rookie or it's somebody that gets hurt in the preseason. Colt McCoy is going to be a Week One starter for a team next year. Dylan, what do you think? 
Um, I like your idea this take because there are, um, or there there aren't many quarterbacks coming out of this class. Maybe one, um, in Pitts, not Pitts. What's his face? He's on Pittsburgh. Uh, whatever his name is. Kenny Pickett. Pickett, right? Um, and I don't even know also, if he's gonna a, go into the draft. Disclosure: I said this when Kenny Pickett was projected like fourth round. Yeah. Minimum, like a month or two I ago, remember that. I said Kenny Pickett was the future. So just I remember that. Remember that. Um, now that that said, there's also a lot of teams that every year just like to switch it up. You know, they got guy who they know is not the guy. He's older or on his last leg or a young guy that just isn't kind of isn't cutting it. And I could see somebody taking a shot on a vet for some some crappy team, you know. So I don't hate the take. I um, so I, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Love it. Thank you. Um, all right. Dillard Tucker wants to go next. I can go. Um, I'm just going to state this one right off the bat that everyone's going to hate me for this take. But, um, so I was just looking at stat lines. I was watching the games this week. I was looking at like the best QBs in the NFL in my mind. And honestly, it feels like a lot of, what? Is this a Kirk Cousins take? Nope. Oh, good. It feels like a lot of QBs have fallen off a cliff recently. But I'll tell you a guy that I think has brought himself back into a top five QB conversation. And it's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz right now is a top five QB in the NFL. It goes Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, a couple others, maybe. (laughs) Pat Mahomes. And then... (laughs) Carson Wentz. Do you know what his touchdown to interception ratio is this year? Anyone want to take a guess? Touchdown interception ratio? Like how many touchdowns, how many interceptions do you think he has this year? Uh sixteen and six. Eighteen and three. That's pretty good. That's elite QB. He had like numbers. three in a game though, didn't he? No, he didn't. He has three the entire year. Oh. He's playing like a top-notch QB with honestly not great receivers. I mean, his wide receiver one is Michael Pittman, uh, who's good, not great, has a really good running game, and is just playing really well. Makes dumb mistakes here and there, but in terms of passing the ball, being able to get himself out of situations and making smart decisions, he's right now a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Well, I'm going to jump in before Cam does. Um He's a ticking time bomb. So regardless of what you have to say now, it's not going to last. He's going to get hurt. He's going to go down. And I'm fairly confident in that. Um, If he stays healthy, you know, the Colts are on the rise. Like I've said every week, there's not many teams in the AFC that are, you know, on the rise. Um, I would put the Pats. I would put the Colts for sure. And I would put... uh, the Chiefs on the fringe of being on the rise because they've won like they've looked better. So if he can stay healthy, 
um, they'll do good. As opposed to a top five quarterback in the league, currently, I'm going to say no. I'll probably put him at easy top ten, though. Um, well, seeing that earlier in the year, I said that he was going to make his last start in his first start. And I was close because he broke, not broke, hurt both of his legs. Um, I'm going to have to disagree just to stay loyal to my own take. And not a top five. Definitely not a top five. But he is doing very well with this team. I still don't think he has the clutch team. Um, I don't. He kind of proved it with the Bills that he can play with a lead, but I just keep thinking back to that Ravens game where he blew that one, and I just don't think he has the clutch gene. He's a he's a good quarterback, maybe around 10th in the league for best quarterback. He's got one of the best offensive lines. Right now, probably without Derrick Henry in the conversation, the best running back in the league. And, yeah, his receivers aren't great, but Michael Pittman's having a top ten year receiving, and maybe that. And you don't think that has anything to do with having a great quarterback? I, I was just gonna say, and maybe that's a lot of help from Carson Wentz. But the guys he's playing with are good. He feels comfortable there. Frank Reich is definitely um, a big part of that. And I thought before the season, I I was high on the Colts. I was like, Carson Wentz needs to go to the Colts. Frank Reich is a perfect, you know, fit. He already played with him. So I'm not surprised that he's having, you know, a, a top 10 season. I don't think he's top five, and I don't think the Colts are, are going to do anything significant this year. If no one has anything else, Dill, your take. All right. Um, mine kind of plays off Trey's take, but not – not too, too much. Um, say the Pats win the division. The AFC East. Now, that obviously means the Bills lose. Um, if the Bills continue on this bad streak of inconsistency that we we're seeing, um, and they end this season not winning the division... This is the beginning of the end of Josh Allen. He had his chance. He had his moment um, past few years. He's gotten better. He's reached a performance. If, if, if this team doesn't win the division, he's peaked on performance, and it's the beginning of the end, and it's downhill from there. That's the take. It comes down to the Bills being able to win now. If they can't win now, they're going to have struggles with the Pats for futures to come, and Allen will continue to fall or begin his fall away uh, as a semi-elite slash elite quarterback. That's the take. So, so my, my thing is, what if they don't win the division, but they make the playoffs and win a game in the playoffs as a wild card? Doesn't matter. It's doubts on the team on the division. They the the Bills were a lock to win the division this year. Like nobody tell people. 
people were like people were thinking that uh, the Dolphins had a chance to beat them, but um, or were the next best team. But um, I, it's a combination of just having if the Pats win, the Pats are back, and just having the Pats be competitive and the idea of them being top dogs in that division. I think will hurt the Bills because they the Patriots are great against the Bills um, historically. So it's going to be tough on the Bills to come back from not being the division's top dog. I think it's going to eat away at Allen. Um, he looked terrible this week, uh, this past week, which is just one game. But um, if they continue to slide for the whole season, the rest of the season, then they got to be – they no longer have the mentality that they're the best team in the in the division, and Allen looks like he played a subpar season, and it's just going to snowball from there, and the Patriots are going to get better and keep pounding on them. Soccer, I'll let you go first as a uh, Pats fan and better idea of the AFCs. I mean, I don't disagree with Dylan based off the fact that Josh Allen was bad for a year, then good for one year, and everyone just decided he was an elite QB. Like, it wasn't a substantial amount of time that he was good for that led everyone to just decide, oh, yep, this is the Josh Allen. He's a great QB. Everyone just, one year, they decide that's all they need to see, and he's fantastic now. So I don't disagree that, like, he might not be as good as everyone says. The door window being closed entirely, definitely disagree with. I mean, it's still a young and talented team, and Josh Allen has shown the ability to play better. So I wouldn't close the door. Maybe they need to get a running game of some sort, uh, but definitely not a closed window on them. Yeah, I, I would agree pretty much exactly with with Tucker. I've said in the past, and I mentioned this already in this pod, that Josh Allen is overrated. I still think he's overrated because people are not really – you don't hear much Josh Allen slander anymore. I think because a, lot of, a lot of people just like the Bills, you know, just right. as a secondary I, I, tertiary I, I, team. I like the Bills too. I I have no problem with the Bills. Uh, I don't think the window is closed if they don't win the division. If they don't make the playoffs, that's a different story. Because I think this is a team that could crumble and fall. But if they don't win the division, I don't think it's over for them. They just need to prove themselves even more. Um I get the take, though. They were the favorites, and now all of a sudden they're losing games that they were very much projected to win. So I I get the take. I don't think that they're completely out of the picture. If they miss the playoffs, I think this is the beginning of the end for the Bills, though. Sounds good. Anybody else got anything on that? I do not. Alrighty then, let's get into some of our topics today. We'll start off keeping it with the AFC East. The Pats, they are now number one in the AFC East. 
thanks to the Bills, thanks to um, their win, obviously. So just want to see what you guys think about their current state, about their future, uh, just any thoughts at all. Dylan, you can go ahead and touch on it. Um, like I was just saying, I mean, uh, and talking about Trey's take too, there's a chance for the Pats to, you know, really be a top two, three team uh, in the conference this year. Um, the door is open, and like I said, I say it every week, they continue to get better. I don't think they've reached their ceiling. I don't. Mac Jones is continuing to be good and play better and get more comfortable. That's very exciting um, as a Pats fan. Um, and like you said, Cam, the, the AFC, and you say this all the time, is very competitive. Um, and it comes down to coaching, and it comes down to uh, playing smart. And I think the Pats have a really – you know, a really smart QB, even though he's a rookie. And, and I think they have uh, um, the best head coach in the conference. So I would put them as, you know, in a good spot. It's crazy to think because this time last year, we were all saying how they were uh, terrible and were going to be terrible for a long time. So it's just exciting, you know, as a Pats fan. It doesn't even matter if they don't win this season. You, you have a future. So, Tucker, I'll, I'll give you the chance to see what you think, and then I, I have a question regarding uh, the Patriots. But, Tucker, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot better about this team than I thought I was going to this year. Uh, I was ready to see this year as, like, a building year, like getting everything together, and everything just came together a lot quicker than I expected. Um I, like, I try to keep my hopes down as much as possible right now. Like, I'm usually the optimist, but now that everything is going too well, I'm becoming the pessimist. I'm like, eh, don't get overly confident yet. So, it's kind of a weird situation I'm in. But, um, I am really liking this team. I mean, I think they work well together. I think they do everything well, which, like, I don't see any glaring weakness in this team. I feel like there's nothing they're crazy at like there's nothing that they're overly good at but like this year the difference is like our rush defense and our like line is so much better with Matthew Judon on there and Christian Barmore it's made a huge difference on that defensive side of the ball and then on offense we can throw the ball again finally after a year of just depending on the run game so We've just become a much more dynamic team, and it's great to see. All right, so here's my question. I don't have much on this. Honestly, I've kind of given my two cents as much as I can on the Patriots. I think it's possible that they get the one seed. I think it's possible that they win the division, but AFC is so competitive right now, you can't really know what's going to happen. My question is this. If you drafted Trevor Lawrence none of the other quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, would he be having the same success that Mac is right now? Whoever wants to jump in first. I'll, I'll jump in first. I think <clears throat> absolutely. I think 1,000%. Um, I was not a big Mac guy at all, as history shows. But I think he is the best option 
out of that draft class besides Trevor Lawrence, but he was obviously going first um, for the Patriots. I don't think they would have taken Trey Lance if he fell to them instead of Mac. Um, I think he's very well built for the system. They do a very good job of not making it easy for him, but making it easy as possible. Um, You think of all the other rookies, Trevor Lawrence is getting sacked a ton. Trey Lance doesn't play Mm -hmm. much. He kind of got thrown into the mix. Well, I guess so did Mac. Um, But the Bears are just not the Patriots. I think if Trevor Lawrence was in the same position, he would be doing just as well. Other quarterbacks, maybe not. But what's your guys' opinion? Um, I tend to agree with you on this one. I think Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones were the only two that'd be in this situation, though. I think Justin Fields, Trey Lance, um, Zach Wilson, I don't think they'd be doing well. Uh, as well, at least. I think they could have some success, but not to the level that Mac has had. I think you, oh, okay, I'm another pick. Um, I'm behind. Oh, sorry. I'm behind, too, so I thought that. Uh, But never mind. Uh, Just in terms of how, I mean, yeah, he's in an amazing system that helps him. But that also helped Brady off the bat. Like, there's a chance that if Brady got put into the wrong system, he would have never started in the NFL, you know? So being in the right system is part of what makes a great QB great. So I don't really put that as a knock, knock against Mac Jones. Dill, yeah. Comment. Um, I think I think in terms of record, I think the Pats would be in a similar record situation, and it, it's hard to say what my feelings towards it would be. Um, I don't know. I I I see Mac Jones as having a lot of intangibles. I think he has smarts. QB smarts. I think uh, he has like tremendous work ethic, in my opinion. I think, I I mean, I see him going out for blocks. I see him trying to push the pile. Um, He's he's an immense competitor, and I can't I can't imagine that um, other players aren't. But remember, Lawrence didn't show up to the drafts. I don't know how much he really does care. So, uh, (laughs) but. I, I, I'm just so confident for the future in, in Jones uh, because I feel like he hasn't even come close to reaching his peak, his performance level in terms of his skill. I mean, he's got so much to get better, get stronger, to get in better shape, all that stuff, you know, um, as opposed to Lawrence, who's like, he's already chiseled. I don't know how much more chiseled he can get type of type of a type of a skill set maybe but I don't I don't watch the Jaguars play so I don't really know but um I would I would take I I would take Jones over Lawrence if the Pats were the same record right now yeah that that makes sense and just real quick quick question right now the rookie of the year race is pretty much just Mac or Jamar Chase I'm going to read the stats off real quick and kind of see, unbiased, if you can, which way you lean. Matt Jones right now, his completion percentage is second in the league with 70.2, 
2,540 yards, which is 12, 14 touchdowns, 8 picks, QB rating of 94.7. Jamar Chase, 867 yards, which is 6th in the NFL, 8 touchdowns, which is tied for 2nd, receiving. And 70, uh, 47 receptions, which is not great comparatively. Unbiased, who do you think it's rookie of the year? If it ended today? Yeah. If it ended today, um, if it ended today, I think I would lean towards. Uh, the quarterback, just because it's the quarterback. But I will, I will submit that the numbers in terms of what is what is like most impressive uh, is probably Chase. But I, you, you can't. It, it's the quarterback though. You got a rookie quarterback who's leading the division and 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 number three C tied in conference versus a. Uh, wide receiver who gets the ball thrown at him. That, that's my take on it. Tucker? Yeah, so I'm kind of leaning with Dylan here in the fact that in terms of the more impressive stat line, it's uh, Jamar Chase. But in terms of the who's the most valuable at the end of the day, a quarterback is the most valuable player on your team. Without like, If you look at what the Bengals will be without Jamar – and then what the Patriots are without Mac Jones, I'd make the debate that the Patriots are a lot worse off. But that turns into like uh, most valuable rookie type talk kind of a thing, you know. So that's just a, it's a hard it's a hard toss up between the two, really. Yeah, exactly. It's about what's more important: the stats or the value. Is it an MVP trophy or is it just the best stat line? So the way I look at it is. Comparing to last year, between Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson, um, it's kind of the same conversation, right? I would have said Justin Jefferson last year, 100%, but because Justin Herbert got it, I would say Mac Jones is going to get it this year, if it ended today. But um, hot take, I don't think either of them are the best rookie in the NFL. Michael Parsons. Yep. Yeah. I I mean, I watched him against the uh, Chiefs, and he is dominant. He's the linebacker? He looks like a vet out there. Yeah. Yeah, he's gross. He's absolutely disgusting. I don't know how he fell down draft boards all the way to, like, uh, where he did, but he should have been a top three, top four pick in that draft. Yeah, it was based on necessity. And he was projected to go pretty much there the whole way. But um, speaking of the Justin Herbert, which I brought up, where what do you think of him right now? Because last night he kind of, I don't know if you could say proved his worth, but he had an unreal performance against the Steelers with his defense playing pretty poorly. And... He still came out on top with 
It was at SoFi Stadium, but apparently it was 65% Steelers fans <laughs> there. So, Dylan, go ahead. You brought this up. What do you think about uh, Justin Herbert? Well, Her- Herbert threw for 382 against the Steelers on route for, like, what was it, 41-37 win, which is crazy that the Steelers put up that those numbers. Um, and and I've, I've heard this on, on talk shows before, but the – People are saying that the Herbert and um, I always forget the coach's name for this, for Chargers, but um, that they have they have really good connection for whatever for whatever that means. People are saying that they're a great duo. Um, and Herbert has I wasn't high on Herbert last year too 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 much, but he's proven to be way better than I than I expected. Um, He's looking great, um, and they got they definitely have a future. The Chargers do, so I, I'm all all on board on the Herbert train. But I don't think the Chargers are great. I mean, I expected them to be better. I mean, they're only six and four. They're kind of playing mediocre teams, kind of evenly. So, um, but the offense is dynamic. I'll I'll follow up on that. Um, I tend to agree with you. The future is very bright. And I think it's actually offensively and defensively. Obviously not a terrific game for their defense, but um, they're very young. I mean, Derwin James is a stud. They have Joey Bosa, I believe. Yeah, Joey Bosa. Sante Samuel Jr. is a rookie. So I think there's a lot of growth potential. For them, and then Justin Herbert putting up a performance like he did last night, it's just adding to that. So I agree, uh, Justin Herbert is going to be very good in the future, and last night just proved that even more. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I I think no one's doubting Justin Herbert as an elite future elite quarterback. I think he's up there. At least he will be up there. He's had a couple of shaky moments, but uh. He's definitely a really solid quarterback in this NFL. I think that there's so much room for growth with him. I think he's got good coaching, which I think is huge for a young uh, QB. So, yeah, I I think this was a great game for him. And I think it's a start of something more because I think he's just going to keep going up. That team just needs to get uh, some veteran on the defensive side of the ball and get three years older, and they're going to be very, very good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, the veteran presence isn't really there, I guess. I can't really name anybody, well, defensively at least, that is kind of like a mentor on that defense, if you will. Offensively, speaking of young players, Rashawn Slater is another guy on the offense that um, is young. So definitely a young team, up and coming. But yeah, you're right, Bill. I think veteran moves is going to be key for them. Um, Last NFL thing, we'll talk about the Bills-Colts again. Jonathan Taylor, do we think that he is kind of the future of elite NFL running backs. 
going forward, I, I'll just jump in and I say I, I do, actually. Obviously, it's a good scheme that he's in, um, great offensive line, and Carson Wentz is better than serviceable, I'll, I'll say. Um, definitely a good scheme, and he's playing out of his mind five touchdowns last night. What do you guys think about the future of Jonathan Taylor? Is he going to be a lead for years to come? I, I'm, I'm uncertain right now, but what I will say is I watched that whole game on Sunday, and um, there's there's not too many guys that I've watched in recent years that, that have that um, sudden lateral movement ability, um, the, the type that can kind of like uh, give a pause, survey what's in front of them, make a lateral move of a yard and a half, and, and then just have explosiveness. Um, so that's, you know, encouraging to see if you're a Colts fan. Um, and if they continue, if they continue to have that line, that, uh, that offensive line, then yeah, he's going to be a a future, future star, in my opinion. And what you're referring to is, uh, it's like a zone read type play where you get the ball, you take one stutter, find out where you want to go. You kind of have options. Um, and he actually reminds me a lot of like peak Le'Veon Bell on the Steelers. He used to do that all the time. He would never run straight through the hole. He would always do that stutter, find out where he needs to go, and then make it happen. And it's kind of a similar situation, right? Very good offensive line, good quarterback. So I, I'm comparing him to peak Le'Veon Bell. Tucker, what do you think? Yeah, so I don't base anything off of one good season um, for running backs just because it is absolutely random. It feels like when players die off versus the guys that stick around for multiple seasons. I mean, there's guys like Le'Veon Bell, you know, Jamal Charles, um, Todd Gurley who just, they, at one point, they all felt like the future of running backs, and then the next season, they were forgotten about. Uh, so I definitely won't give anything yet, just based off of one season, but I think he's in a good system. He's got Frank Reich, who's a great head coach. He's got a great offensive line. I think if he sticks here, I think he'll be in a good spot. But at the end of the day, like that second contract comes around if – uh, the Colts don't want to pay and just pick up a new rookie running back. I can see that whole thing happening again to him like it's happened for so many others. See, I that, that's where I somewhat disagree. I don't see them getting rid of Jonathan Taylor anytime soon. Also, you're talking about judging it based on one season. That's fair. His second year last year was third in rushing with 11 touchdowns. So it's not really just a fluke. It's not just one season. But I, mean, I understand where you're coming from, I guess. Yeah, it just feels like that's a position where elite people just get given up on. Yeah, no, that, that's very fair. And it, there's not many people who the, – the running backs that make it 10-plus years with one team in the league are the ones that go to the Hall of Fame. And you don't see too many of those 
anymore. I can think of a few that will probably go, well, but I, let, I agree with you. Let me pose a question <laughs> for you though. Um, if you're a, if you're a running back, um, in order to reach a level of elite status, is it necessary to have a top five offensive line? Like, I mean, if he has a great line for five years, you know, he's going to, he's going to be great for those five years, most likely if he doesn't get hurt. Um, like how important is that, uh, when we're talking Fair. about an elite running back, like try to name a running back who was consistent for five, six years on a team that had just terrible offensive line. I mean, you can't. No, I, you I know? agree with you there, but there's not much. Right. So that, really. that, that's why, that, that's why I would say he has a chance. Uh, well, he's good, but that line is great. So. I agree. I agree. The line is a big part of it. Uh, last last topic here. We're going to switch gears, go into NBA. NBA season is underway, about 17 games or so into the season here. And LeBron, his second ejection of his career. And I watched the, the replay of it, and I have my own kind of opinions, but I'll let you guys kind of talk about it first. What do you think about the scuffle there, Dale? Um, I mean, I, I, I like just to just to be an anti-LeBron guy. It's just like uh, what there's no there's no necessity for that. But you know, as as a competitor, it, it's a scuffle. Like any anybody other than LeBron, and I really wouldn't give anybody much flack about it. Um, I just think it's funny. Like I watch hockey, and dudes fighting on skates is allowed, and and it. For, for some reason, watching people play basketball and throw punches at each other, like, while just standing, it, it seems more scummy to me than watching, like, a scrum on ice with people on skates. I don't know. I always just found it strange. Um, not a good look, but who cares? They're competing. I heard thoughts. Um... Yeah, uh, first off, Russell Westbrook, absolute ride-or-die guy. Like you guys see in the video, Russell Westbrook immediately squares up. He was 100% ready to fight. Um, as for the guy, like, I'm sorry, but, like, you're a nobody. You can't just try to square up with LeBron James. Like, it's just, like, a weird thing to do in the NBA you know, that's like someone in the NFL throwing a punch at Tom Brady out of nowhere. Like, it's just not – no. It's just a no. Like, you got to, like, know your place kind of. If you're a no-name, you can, like, fight another no-name. You can't fight – you can't fight LeBron. It's just ridiculous. I think you all need to know your place. Hey. Howdy. Hey, what's up? Welcome. Guys? How's it going? How's the episode going? Fantastic! I think best one yet. I would, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Sorry. I mean, but but if you're LeBron, you're the, you're arguably the most decorated NBA player of all time. Like, why are you throwing punches? Like, I get it, they're competitive. He, no, he elbowed him on a on a um box out. Like, it was it was not it was a flagrant foul, but it wasn't like an intentional like punch to the face, you know. So like, 
Okay. It's just you gotta know your place. And LeBron's you're Isaiah Stewart. Not one person. Tell me uh, where Isaiah Stewart went to college. Give me one piece of give me one piece of information about Isaiah Stewart. I don't think you can LeBron flack a guy. I can, don't think you can flack a guy for being in the NBA. Like regardless. I can. I can. Like you're Isaiah Stewart. He's LeBron James. Like if some random defensive lineman like punched Tom Brady in the face or like while he was on the ground trying to fight Tom Brady, the entire NFL would be like, chill out, dude. Like, you're not your place. You know? It's just, you gotta know there's a totem pole, and you gotta be, like, at least a here to get to throw, to get to try and fight LeBron. Like, you know, if... But you don't you don't give LeBron any sort of, like, pansy move for, for making some sort of egregious move you know at a guy's head even though he did maybe not didn't mean to hit him in the right spot or whatever you don't give him yeah you'll give him flack for you know succumbing to a nobody in in a in the second game of the season for no reason he fouled him he fouled yes it's a flagrant foul but it wasn't intentional so like no, so, I don't. I mean, it was no, intentional like, to throw your LeBron, elbow like, towards the I guy's head, but maybe not hit with, him. Um, then yes, I yes, that's on LeBron. But he didn't try to fight the guy. Like it wasn't like LeBron was trying to scrap with this guy, and he just fought back. Like LeBron, I think it was incidental contact, which was a flagrant foul. No one denies it. And this guy, um, the guy, decided out. he wanted to fight. It was ridiculous. I think LeBron 100% did it on purpose, and I love the move going at him. LeBron gets away with too much crap in this league. It's time to knock him down a peg. He tried to kill the guy. He should, he should at least have to have to answer for it. I mean, it's it's you know it's justice that they just square up at the middle of the court. He shouldn't be able to get away with trying to concuss a guy just because he's the goat. He, I, I think he 100% meant to do it. He should be. I mean, you see Brady do it when he gets sacked. He grabs it, guys. Like he, he, like you saw Mac do it. Like you get in the, the heat of the moment and you do stupid shit like that. And he 100% meant to do it. A and B. I love the move. I don't care who you are. If you swing at my head, I'm gonna come kill you. So I'll actually. I I was gonna say the same thing. Um, I love it. I think maybe he doesn't. Should I, I'm trying to think here. Uh, maybe you shouldn't have. Like, there wasn't a big reason to actually, like, even while you're holding back, like, still try to go get him. But I love it. If it was anybody else, maybe he wouldn't have done it. But the fact that it was LeBron and he kept going at him, like, I'll square up with you right now. I don't care who you are. I love it. Now everybody knows his name, Isaiah Stewart. We know who he is. And maybe he was doing it for the clout. I don't know. I love it, though. Anyway, Trey, Trey, welcome back to the pod. Give us a little recap of uh, what was going on. Where you at? All right. So, to be honest, this whole week is a mess for me. Totally forgot about ways to take. Just left my brain. Um, And then... Uh, I made plans tonight to go see my uh, grandmother on my mom's side because I've spent Thanksgiving with my dad's side. So I did that, and then I met up with the girlfriend. Couldn't, couldn't get away from that. I had promised. You, know, you guys know how it is. Um, and then, you know, Ooh, tomorrow night. I don't know how it is. That's bullshit. 
I mean, do what do with it what you will. We let Cam go to a basketball game, but I mean, it's my my life in your hands. Well, at least I, that's I agree. sports related. I I agree. So so we, and honestly, I didn't think we were doing it tonight till I was at my grandma's and Cam hit us up and was like, "Yo, let's roll." So that's on me. Couldn't get so, home. To, to be fair here, Trey, we did talk about this earlier. Just a little bit of a recap. Knew it was Thanksgiving uh, week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday wasn't going to be an option. So, so I texted the group today, made sure that uh, we were good to go for tomorrow. And sure enough, um, Trey had some obligations. So we talked about it earlier in the pod. It's Thanksgiving week. We know that there's a lot going on. And um, we, we're going to give you a pass here. I, I took over hosting duties. I think I did pretty well. Probably going to be our most viewed episode. The fact that you said you uh, forgot about it completely, it's your main source of income, I would assume. So that's kind of sad. But um, nonetheless, let's get into, speaking of Thanksgiving week, let's get into our list, guys, here. So list this week, because of the fans, actually, this is a fan recommendation. Multiple people uh, threw this out there, including Trey's girl. Shout out, Lindsey Kelly. And Lindsey Kelly, cousins of the McNinches. Um we're going to go with Thanksgiving foods. And Trey, as a uh, just welcoming you, why don't you go ahead and go first with your number five? All right. And, and Cam, I'd love to say I can't wait to listen to, to the episode. I'm sure you've done a great job. And I was I actually thought, I don't know why we never thought of this, but we should maybe implement, you know, a rotating, you know, facilitator. You know, uh, I, I think I think that you everybody here is too much out of me. I, I would if you guys would be interested in that, I'd certainly be interested in uh rotating but you know i'm coming with this list off the top i i know my top two um i know that i want i think i think i i think i'm good so number five i'm gonna go mashed potatoes um i love a good mashed potato always has to be on my plate i kind of have backed off them recently because i've opened my palate more to different stuff but uh certainly one i have to go with it's got you know you, you throw the butter on there you mix the gravy in there i mean you can't beat it so uh, my number my number five is going to be mashed potatoes just because they can be a little bland. You know, can be a little boring. I like to mix it in with some stuff. That'll make it better. But my number five is mashed potatoes. All right, Tucker, why don't you go to next? My number five is mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is a great dish. Uh, every year, different people make it differently, which I love about it. Uh, you know, depending on who you got making it, it can be different types. My personal favorite of Alveda mac and cheese, oh. it really hits differently. Uh, but yeah, mac and cheese is just a staple of Thanksgiving that I think should be on every single person's list here. Dilly boy. Now, mac and cheese for me is not a Thanksgiving dish. And Velveeta mac and cheese is like my least favorite mac and cheese. So, Tuck, you're off to a rough start, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> number five for me, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. It's going on five, and it's turkey. Turkey is number five. Turkey is might, oh. might be the best smelling uh, Thanksgiving dish or piece of Thanksgiving. But on my plate, it's, it's the first one I bite into. But it's also the last one because it's not the best on the plate. I mean, it's good, but there's 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 four other things that are way better on Thanksgiving than the turkey. Um, so turkey's number five. It has to be. It's still good. It's just not the best. All right. Fair enough. 
number four, I'm going to have to give it to Gravy. Now, Trey, we discussed earlier if Gravy was going to be allowed on the list. We Cam, are allowing five. So my number four is Gravy. Cam, is that, is that four or five? Sorry, five. I don't know why I said four. Dylan said there's four others better than this, and I was an idiot. Um, number five, Gravy. Um, I prefer it homemade. Use some of the, the turkey to make a good gravy. But honestly, out of the little packet, the little McCormick packet, still good. Um, used to not like gravy. Don't like mashed potatoes, so I can already tell you it's not going to be on my list. But gravy on the turkey and uh, kind of rub everything else in it. Trick. And to Trick, number four. Yeah. So my number four is going to be probably one that might get some hate. But it's going to be cranberry sauce. Now, I know a lot of people aren't fans of cranberry sauce, but hear me out here. You're going off really heavy on the salt on Thanksgiving. You've got turkey. You've got gravy. You've got stuffing. You've got, like, just everything on, like, corn. You've got, I mean, anything out there. There's very few sweet things. There's sweet potatoes, maybe. You know, maybe you have some casserole that might be sweet. I don't know. But I like to just get a little bit of cranberry sauce on my plate to, to vary up that palate, to, you know, get that palate cleanser of, like, a sweet instead of a salty once in a while. So that's coming at my number four. Tucker. Number four, Kim, I got gravy. Yep, this is where I'm fitting in gravy. When I found out gravy was allowed, it has to be on everyone's list. You put it on everything you put on in on Thanksgiving, so I have to have it here. Dill dog. Number four for me is mashed potatoes. Uh, I think like Trey said, um, mashed potatoes are, are the blandest part of the meal, um, but it, it brings a lot of the meal together. You can eat mashed potatoes with anything else on the plate. You can eat it with the turkey, you can eat it with the stuffing, you can eat it with the gravy, you can eat it with the Cranberry sauce, you eat it with the corn. It goes well with everything. Um, and if it's made right, it, it's it's better than the turkey, in my opinion. So I'm going with mashed potatoes at four. And, and uh, Trey, cranberry sauce out of the can or the fresh-made stuff? It's got to be out of the can for me. Oof. That's rough. All right. Interesting. Don't like the cranberries. Um, I love the cylindrical stop <laughs> as i said last episode i don't like thanksgiving food maybe it was the episode before i've said it to somebody um my number four is going to be mac and cheese now there's a couple reasons why i said number four i love mac and cheese however i don't consider it too much of a thanksgiving food now i have it on most of my thanksgiving mostly because I don't like much of the other food, so my mom used to make it all the time. Um, but every year, I feel like it's different. Somebody else makes it every year, um, and it's a good side, but I agree it's not much of a Thanksgiving food. I love it, but I'm going to have to put it at number four here. Trey? So my number three, I mean, you guys you guys nailed it. You just rated it too low. Oh, it's gravy. I mean, you put it on everything. I would say it's got to be homemade, um, but I don't mind the, the packeted stuff. But, um, yeah, gravy for me, you put it on everything. It's mixed in. I also wasn't a gravy guy, Cam, but then I 
you know, I, I switched it up recently. I literally put it on every single thing on my dish outside of the cranberry sauce <laughs> together if you can. But I'm a, I'm a gravy junkie. I love the gravy, especially if it's homemade. So that's my number three. I'm going to roll some eyes with this one, I think. I don't think anyone's going to agree with me. But fresh-made rolls. I love fresh-made rolls during Thanksgiving. Like, having just fresh shit is just the best. You can put anything in there. You get some turkey. You know, you just put it all in the roll. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, fresh-made rolls may be one of my favorite Thanksgiving foods. No, I'm going to get some hate for that one. No. That was that was number six for me, Tuck. The roll. Okay, I'm the, glad I wasn't sure. The roll is a honorable mention, but I mean it's a high honorable mention, and I only wouldn't put it on the list just because I mean you can eat a roll any day of the week. It's not like it's not like a staple of Thanksgiving, but it does hit better on Thanksgiving. I'll agree there. Number three for me is, and I'm I'm dipping it. I'm dipping into. To ground we haven't uh, trekked yet. I'm going apple pie, first dessert on the list. Um, I'm counting it as a Thanksgiving uh, dish because you know it's got to be the dessert. It's my number one. I mean, you gotta put a you gotta put a mean plate together when you just sit down um, to just eat your turkey meal, and, and you're halfway through the meal and you're like, I don't know if I can finish all this. And you do, and you feel kind of crappy, but then you're like, oh, no, I got to eat that apple pie. But after that first bite, it brings you back. You maybe got a little bit of whipped cream on there, a little bit of ice cream on the side. Maybe you heat up the pie a little bit, get it nice and mushy. Oh, it is the perfect cap for that gullet full of turkey stuffing, potato gravy filling that you had about 10 minutes earlier. Apple pie number three, elite. If you're, if you're filling up on... If you're filling up on apple pie when you could be saving room for turkey sandwiches, you're nuts. Turkey sandwiches are the next so day. A, so I, I don't have any desserts on my list. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like apple pie. I'll say it a million times. I don't like Thanksgiving food that much. Communist. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> is going to be corn. Now I love corn, though. That's <laughs> a great pick. <laughs> um, a lot of people... Maybe not a lot of people. Maybe just my girlfriend. I don't know. Say corn is not a Thanksgiving food. I've had corn on every Thanksgiving I've ever had in my entire life. It was I've in the corn it. Uh, Yeah, no, no. Like we're talking like Native Americans. Like what right. was like a first Toronto. Thanksgiving? Corn was definitely on that list. Toronto literally grew corn and taught the pilgrims how to grow corn by putting a fish in with the seed. That's what they I taught. Me. It was called maize back then. Maze, it's amazing. Um, anyway, I'm going corn. Thanksgiving corn hits different. When you're just having corn as a side on a regular Tuesday night, you're just heating up the can and putting the corn on the plate. My grandma made corn, so much butter, so much salt, and it was fantastic. And that's the only time I have that kind of corn was on Thanksgiving. And it's one of the only things I'll eat. So corn number three. Is it the super sweet kind? You gotta get the sweet corn. On Thanksgiving. <laughs> don't know. Don't buy it. Don't cook it. Try. It. All right. So number two for me. This was a tough one. A battle between the top two for me. I, I really struggled, but it is gonna be turkey number two. Um, obviously, the staple of every Thanksgiving is a turkey. In our family, there's different turkeys floating around. There's a fake turkey. There's 
fried turkey. There's a turkey that was like that was cooked by lightning. Like the ways you can cook these turkeys now, but they're all good. Big fan of skin on turkey. Don't know how you guys feel. And then light skin, dark skin. I mean, not light meat, dark meat. Uh, the light meat, dark meat battle. I'm a light meat guy with lots of skin. Give me the skin. I could just eat the skin of a turkey and be happy. Um, obviously, you get the gravy from the turkey. You get turkey sandwiches later. You get turkey soup, you know, ne- the next week after. So, big fan of the turkey. Not a big turkey guy the rest of the year. But if you're just giving me a turkey on Thanksgiving, I'm eating a lot of it. i got to sample every single turkey we have. So, the king of Thanksgiving's turkey, unfortunately, he's sitting at number two for me. Sucker McNicks. Uh, yeah, Trey, great minds think alike. I also have turkey at number two. I'm honestly questioning if we're going to have the same number one. Uh, but turkey is an all-timer. Um, you guys might not know this because you don't have turkey five different ways every Thanksgiving. You don't have one regular turkey, one deep-fried turkey. Like You don't get to have the different flavors of turkey like we do, which makes turkey so much better. Yeah, we're just such uh, simpletons. Yeah, no, simpletons, of course, wouldn't understand the greatness of turkey. But, uh, yeah, no, turkey is an incredible dish on Thanksgiving, especially when you, like, I kind of mix and match the different turkeys in all my plates. Like, you never know what bite you're, what kind of, what flavor turkey you're going to get with every bite, which is so much better. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I got to, with the, Deep fried or with the deep fried turkey, you gotta get some of the dark meat, but then I also like a traditional turkey white meat. Ugh, it's incredible. Number two for me, um, going the thing that keeps Thanksgiving all mushed together, and that's the gravy. Gravy's number two. Um, you can eat. I like that. You can eat everything with the gravy. It enhances the flavor of everything on your plate, besides the cranberry sauce. But that that's used for different purposes, as Trey mentioned. Um, but you know, even if you get a little little mixture of the two, you know, that's Thanksgiving. It might not taste great, but it's part of the experience. Um, so gravy's number two. Um, you can't have like you can't have a Thanksgiving meal without gravy. It just like wouldn't work, and it just wouldn't taste even remotely as good. So gravy's number two. My number two, and Tucker, you said you were going to get a lot of hate for this. I might get more. I'm going with the biscuits slash rolls. Love that. Now, growing up, I that was one of the I, – I used to get turkey on my plate. I used to get biscuits on my plate, and that's it. I've, I've evolved a little bit, um, but still, nonetheless – Biscuits slash rolls slash croissants, whatever you guys make. Usually mine was uh, Pillsbury Doughboy type. Oh, yeah. In the oven, let it ride. Um, It's just a great addition. Put the turkey inside of it. Put the corn on top. Put the gravy in it. And then, obviously, next day, turkey sandwiches. Turkey sandwiches. So, So, one of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving meals I have about three to four biscuits slash croissants slash rolls. Um, that's my number two. Trey. All right. Let me tell you just briefly. Let me touch on the rolls. The reason I'm number six is they are good. If I squeeze them in, I you know I do enjoy them. 
I'm just I get too full on everything else. I can't I can't do rolls. I'm a bread guy. Have bread a lot during the week. You know, during the normal. You know, I'm a hamburger guy. I'm always having buns and rolls and bread here and there. So you know, I, I put those to the side for Thanksgiving. My number one, I want I want to also give an honorable mention. Um, hot wings for for my family. It's a big Thanksgiving delicacy we do in our family the night before, but still the Thanksgiving event. That's an honorable mention. Hot wings. Um, my number one is gonna be stuffing. Stuffing is only eaten on Thanksgiving. It's a crime that it is because it's so good. Um, my aunt body stuffing. If this is my aunt for stuffing, she just she's just bodying it up. She's just hitting it everywhere. It gets me amped up. I can't wait to eat it on Thursday. Um, I even know what is it? Just mushy bread baked in turkey juice. I don't know what it is. It's got like celery in there somewhere. Gotta get, that's probably the most celery I eat in a year. I love stuffing. <laughs> only have it on Thanksgiving. Uh, back at school, uh, my, my roommate Jordan and my roommates Jordan and P had a saying that uh, you know they, there was an old stuffing commercial for stovetop stuffing. And if uh, you know there's a pilgrim in it, he had some stuffing. It was stovetop, so he said that ain't stovetop. Anything was anytime anything was sus, like a move, a party was sus, we'd be like that ain't stovetop. So it's stuffing for me. My aunt Susie's stuffing specifically. That's number one on Thanksgiving. I'm going to cram that down on Thursday. Does that mean it's up to me? Yeah. Um, Trey, I think you're the only one that's going to get this one. This one is going to be a hot take. I'm pretty sure no one will have this on their list. No one has had it so far. It is the post-Thanksgiving 7 to 8 p.m. sandwich. I think it is the best meal at Thanksgiving. You just go into the kitchen, you grab everything, and I'm talking everything. I throw cranberry sauce, mayonnaise, then I throw some gravy, some turkey, maybe even throw some mac and cheese and some stuffing and a sandwich, and I just have that whole thing as a sandwich post-Thanksgiving, and it is incredible. It is my favorite thing in the world. It's like right after the 4.30 football game ends, everyone's tired, waking up from their naps. You're trying to get going again. You need a sandwich to refuel. What? Drunk as shit. Drunk as yeah, it is the best. Tell me it's not incredible. It, they slap. It's just a matter of if I can get up for it or not. I'm usually like, I'm down bad at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, no, you just got if, if you make it to that sandwich, it brings you to the promised land. It gets you back and ready to go. Now, now you lost me. You, what was that? What did you say? Nothing. Go ahead, Joe. I said, uh, Tuck, you lost me. You were losing me until you until you mentioned how drunk you were. That then it makes a lot more sense. Um, and I'd have oh, yeah. to I'd have to probably agree with you, uh-huh. but. I don't think I've ever done that, so I might have to. I might oh. have to do that. Um, Come through to our Thanksgiving around 8 p.m. and we can rip some Sammies. I, I might have to. I don't think I've ever experienced turkey, mac and cheese, mayo, cranberry sauce, gravy, and whatever the heck you stuffing. said stuffing on a sandwich. So um, <laughs> hold the it's a hold the mayo for me. It's a uh, it's a not an ordinary sandwich, as uh, our oh, friendly no. fried cook would say. Um, Number one for me, going with Trey here, it's stuffing. Like Trey said, we only eat stuffing once a year, and it's on Thanksgiving. Um, I that and that is a crime. And I was actually thinking about that earlier. Like it's so good, I I look forward to the stuffing more than anything else. Why don't I just buy a box of stuffing like 
on a Thursday in the middle of July. Like it's 99 cents a box. You just, but no one ever does it. Um, but for me, it's the staple of, uh, of Thanksgiving in terms of what I look forward to in the meal. Um, as you were wondering, it's made of bread, butter, and water. That's that's it. Um, three great ingredients, um, and they just blend well, too well on Thanksgiving. Number one stuffing. All right, so a couple things before I get my number one. One, Tucker, I didn't think that would count. I mentioned it because it's a combination of the other ones. That's fine if it counts, but I totally agree with you that the leftover leftover sandwiches are unbeaten, unmatched. So good. Uh, My number one, second thing I was going to say, stuffing, disgusting. Yo! I was an anti-stuffing guy until like six, seven years ago. This is my favorite now. No, probably one of the worst foods that has ever been made. Just soggy bread with other stuff mixed in. Disgusting. Makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. Number one, turkey. Um, it's the staple of Thanksgiving. One, don't eat it that much other than Thanksgiving. Um, but this might not be number one. If I didn't make a turkey two years ago, I was the one that made the turkey for my friend's giving in college. And it was unbelievable. One of the best, maybe not one of the best meals I've ever had. But um, light meat, dark meat. Whatever, just the moisture in it, insane flavor everywhere. A lot of butter built into that thing. Got to let it cook all day. Um, it's a staple of Thanksgiving. I mean, that's number one. That's It's got to be. I'm very, very surprised that it wasn't number one for you. I'm expecting a lot of comments on our Instagram post with all our lists saying that my list is the best. I bet it will be. Um, but, yeah, turkey easily number one. There's a rook pick, Cam. I don't think it is. Simple. I, re- I really think don't think it is. Think outside the box once in your life. Think outside the box for once in your life, dude. No, it's it's the pick. It's the you right answer. The box. Other than you that, that's it. Thank you for joining us, Trey. Um, I could be here. Check us out, as uh, Trey might say, check us out on our socials. Comment on our uh, polls. Everything. Yeah. Instagram post. But uh, that's episode 99. Next week is the big three digits. Damn. One, zero, zero. Who, who was it? The legend. The last, the last number today. Who was it? J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, Manny Ramirez, and Wayne Aaron Gretzky. Donald? Wayne Gretzky. No Aaron Donald, huh? We did not throw him out, no. Should have been just Wayne, the great one. Should have been it. All the people. All of them. Um. That's about it. We'll have the pull-up tomorrow, I believe. For last, yeah, for last week. And um, what are, we will see. What are we going to do for 100, like uh, for naming things, Nothing. naming episodes? No one will be, oh, for, I don't know. We'll have to find stats that correspond to digits. So, all right, we uh, <laughs> do significant research for this now. Who was, who was supposed to do something this week? Tucker. Salty Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> I forgot again. <laughs> I'm just going to be at zero points by the end of the year. No, you can do it tomorrow. You can do it tomorrow. You got time. It's an easy challenge. I say we just Google 
the number and whatever the first thing pops up is, that's what it is. Fair enough. Alright, that's it. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Be out. Great job, Camp. Thanks for getting wasted with us. Woo!